Hello and welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, Inspirational Stories from Everyday People. Well, I'd like to welcome my guest, Krista Knighting, and I just want to thank you for taking time out of your day to be here with me. Appreciate that. Definitely. Just a quick background, Krista Knighting is a math teacher at the Rigby Middle School in Rigby, Idaho. And approximately one year ago, on May 6, 2021, there were some events that took place at the middle school that shook the community. And Krista had a, a big part to play in the events that unfolded that day. And in a moment, we will talk about that. But to lead us up to that, I have a quick little news clip that will sort of lead into the story that Krista has to tell us today. So go ahead and listen to this. We begin with new information tonight on the Rigby Middle School shooting last May. Court documents recently released reveal how the investigation unfolded in the hours and days after the shooting. Local News 8's Rachel Fabby tells us what investigators say happened that day. Police say the shooter arrived on campus about 8.20 that morning and spent time in various areas of the school, stopping several times and getting items from her backpack. Just after 9, she left the class she was in and went to the counselor's office. She then returned to the hallway, pulled out a gun, and fired several times, aiming at several students and staff members. Hearing gunshots, some staff members told their students to run. CCTV footage shows the shooter followed those students outside, firing at them as they fled. It was then that a staff member disarmed the shooter and hugged her until she was taken into custody about 9.16 a.m. At the scene, police found another gun, two knives, and a hit list in the girl's backpack. The documents go on to say the shooter told detectives no one else was involved. Officers also report finding plans at her house, detailing how she wanted to blow up the school and kill at least 20 and wound 40 to 60. In Rigby, I'm Rachel Fabby. Take us back to that day, May 6, 2021, and walk us through the events of that day. Because obviously the staff person they're talking about that disarmed that student was you. So if you wouldn't mind, take us through that day. Okay, we got to class and started as normal and kind of talked and laughed and got our day going. And then I started doing notes and we heard a a loud sound in the hallway and I knew it was a gun, but I kept thinking there's got to be some other reason for that. And I walked over to the door and I talked to the kids and I was like, what the heck was that? And one kid's like, well, Mrs. Nighting, I think that was a gunshot. And we all just kind of like laughed, even though it wasn't really funny, but it was just an awkward, weird moment. And then we heard it two more times. And I'd looked in the hall and couldn't see anybody except the janitor standing down the hall. And so I just shut the door and then we heard it two more times and I knew what it was. And I remember just starting to think, okay, I need to put him in lockdown. And I know nobody really knows what's going on yet. And I just had this strong impression come over me that I needed to get him out now. And I heard the word now in my head and I knew there was no time to wait. And so I just told the class, I said, we are going to get out of here. And the whole class just came around me in a huddle and said, yes, what do we do? And so I went out in the hall and I looked down and then I stood in front of my door and had them go out on the left side of the hall so that if somebody shot down the hall, my body would hopefully be protecting them so that it wouldn't hit any kids. And when my kids were about out, I ran, grabbed my phone 
and went outside and I heard another shot. And from the videos, I do know that she did follow my class outside, which turned out to be good because it got her away from her backpack with other weapons in it. So that was a good thing. But my class was awesome and they just went around the left side of a bunch of buildings and trailers and they were out of sight within seconds of her so they were safe and then there was another class outside on the steps of another building doing some commercials and stuff and that's one of the boys that got shot was in that class and so when I got outside and he he was just saying I've been shot and I said you've been shot and he said yes and so I started to help him and got blood on my jacket and my arm from him. And he just kept saying over and over he was shot. And you could tell he was just kind of a little bit in shock. And I started to help him and I picked him up and he was saying it hurts. So I put him back down and kids were running everywhere and was trying to get him all in protection somewhere. And then I put him back down because he said it was hurting. And that's when I saw the gun when I was bent over and I had my back to the girl holding the gun. And so I stood up and I just turned my body so that I was facing her and she was just watching me and this kid that she had shot. And I just said to her, are you the shooter? And just very calm and quiet. And in my brain, I kept thinking, please just tell me you found the gun because I can't imagine the little girl would be shooting people. And she just watched me. And so I said, can I have the gun? And she just continued to watch me. And then I just slowly started walking towards her. And I just told her, you know, it's okay now. Everything will be okay. And you're safe. And I went to her. And when I got up to her, I just put my hand on her shoulder and rubbed it down. Just kind of went slowly down her shoulder and then slowly took the gun out of her hand. And then I pulled her into a hug and she just started kind of panicking and said, please just shoot me in the head. And I said, no, you're safe now. You're going to be okay. And she asked me to just kill her three times. And I told her, no, you're safe. I'm not going to hurt you. We're going to take care of you. And I just held her in a hug and she started to hyperventilate. And I pulled her back and started talking to her. And she had fingertipless gloves on and a face mask, a black mask on. So all I could see was her eyes and her hair was covering her forehead. And so I just kind of moved her hair out of the way of her eyes so I could see her. And I just looked at her and I said, it's okay. You know, breathe. Do you want to take your mask off? And she said, no. And so I said, okay, it's okay. Just breathe slow, calm down. And I just talked her through it and calmed her down. And then I just continued to hug her. And then the police came after a little while. And by now everybody was gone except me and this boy that had been shot and her. And the boy... I kept telling him, lay down, you know, lay down, thinking that would slow the bleeding. And he wasn't bleeding real bad, but, you know, I didn't know how bad because it was under his clothing. And where, where was he shot? In the upper thigh. Okay. And so then I saw a teacher kind of peek out, and they're awesome. Mr. Johnson and Mr. Thomas are high school teachers, and I just waved Mr. Johnson over, and he shut the door again, and I was like, what? Come back. And then after a few seconds, he came back. And him and Mr. Thomas come over and they took over the boy and they cut his pants apart up to the injury and they were able to, you know, tighten some stuff around his his shot so that he would like not a bleed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they took care of him until the ambulance came. And then when the police came, it was um, Officer McRae and he was just fantastic. He came over 
And he he said, can I take the gun? And I was like, yes, please, here you go. And I just held the gun up for him and continued to hold her. And then he came over and he said, I need to take her and I need to put her in handcuffs. And so I just looked at her and I said, he's going to put handcuffs on you, but it'll be okay. And so she said, oh, she just kind of shook her head like, yeah, I know. And so they put the handcuffs on her and then he put her in his car and that's where she waited until they drove away. I don't know where they took her at the time. She did go to juvie, mm-hmm. and I've talked with her parents on and off since then, okay. and she's doing better now. But right. So I think the question a lot of us would have, and maybe you've been asked this before, but how were you able to stay so calm? Well, I could not dial 911. <laughs> Right. <laughs> my fingers, I was pretty nervous. And I know when I looked at my phone, I was like, what is the button to hit to get the dialing pad to not dial 911? <laughs> and my brain was just so crazy. But I I was calm for the most part. And I know it's just because I had the Lord on my side. And I knew from the minute the second and third shot was there that I was kind of following what impressions the Lord was giving me to do. Mm-hmm. And obviously the school has probably some protocols and things to follow. Were your students calm throughout that whole process as well? Yes. Yeah, and I actually talked to one of them last month and we talked about it. And I told her, I said, you know, I know some people have been kind of frustrated that I sent kids out because we were one classroom away from outside. And I said, but I know that that was what I needed to do. And she said, Miss Nighting, we all knew that was a thing to do. And so that was good to know, too, because it just felt like we needed to get out of there. And I know from the video, that's what pulled her outside and got her out of the building. Because she watched you and followed your class out? Yes. And you said something like she had left her backpack with other weapons in that. She didn't bring that with her when she followed you guys out. Correct. Okay. And so... Once you were outside and you knew that she was standing behind you because you said you saw the gun, did you ever fear that she might open fire on you at that point? Yes. So again, what kept you calm? I just thought my first impression when I seen her was she's someone's little girl. There's a mom out there that does not realize her little girl is having a breakdown. And if it was my little girl, I would hope with all my heart that somebody had enough kindness and compassion to realize she's still a little girl, even if she's making a really bad choice. Right. And I think considering everything, you were probably the best person to be in her path at that time. I agree. I mean, I don't I don't know how it, it would have turned out otherwise, but... Just knowing you and the compassion that you had for her and your calmness probably had a big effect on her ending it and and giving that gun to you. Well, I know she never took her eyes off me. Once I saw her and I looked at her, I don't think our eyes ever left each other. And I could tell that she was having some, you know, a bit of a crazy moment. Her eyes didn't quite look normal. And I could tell she was just really messed up in the head at the moment. Um, When I was talking to her, she wouldn't really respond. She didn't give me the gun, but she didn't stop me from taking it either. She didn't resist you when you took the gun. And she did write me a letter, which her sister read to me later, because I taught her sister in my class. And in the letter, she just told me, thank you for not running away from me, which I thought was interesting. So do you think she was looking for somebody to go to to help? 
definitely. End the situation. I think she just was so unhappy and sad in life. She just didn't know how to respond to it. And so she was just kind of reaching out in a very angry, crazy way, not knowing how to ask for help. Yeah. In wake of just recently the, the shootings that happened out in Texas, obviously we've all heard about that and been devastated by the events that happened. Having gone through what you went through, how has that affected you? It just makes me very sad, very amazed that somebody gets to the point where they want to hurt other people. I don't understand that, and I am very sad for the parents that didn't get their children to come home to them. I can't imagine sending your kids to school and not having them come home. And I know that's life. You know, you never know if you're going to come home again. But my parents kind of raised us. When you say goodbye to somebody, you do not know if you're going to see them again. And so you always make sure you're kind and you don't have regrets and you treat people the way you want them to remember you. And that's kind of been something you've been able to take in as part of your motto, if you will, for how you've lived your life. Definitely. How has that event changed you as a teacher? Because I know you still teach at the middle school. I do. They moved me to alternative this okay. year. So I work with some children to help them recover credits that they've missed out on. And for me, more than anything, it just makes me think people are human and you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what a kid is going through at home or what a kid is going through in school or anywhere else. They could have a good home life and be unhappy at school or they could have a rough home life and act happy and you just don't know. So it's definitely made me be less judgmental. I've tried to not get upset or annoyed as easily just because you don't know what kids are going through. All right. So how do you look at your students now? I mean, you didn't know that that day that girl was going to be one who would shoot two students and the janitor. You didn't know. And by looking at her, if you would have seen her, you wouldn't have thought, oh, this girl could potentially shoot students or, you know. So how do you look at them now as you look into the faces of these precious children. To me, I just look at them as someone to play and goof off with most days. (laughs) I have fun with them and I love them and I hope to teach them some values as well as what they need to do to get the credits to get to high school. And I just, I love teaching. I love kids. Well, that's very obvious. And you know, I know you're not one that likes to have all of the accolades and be in the spotlight. I know that. But as people look back on the events of that day, you probably prevented uh, much more injury from occurring. Would you agree with that? Yes. I know that she still had bullets in the gun. And I know there were still a lot of kids out there when I got out there. And I'm just really grateful that I was there at the right moment and that I was able to calm her down and help her realize that it was not a good choice to make. Have you been around guns much? Yes. Do you think that might have helped a little knowing that you were comfortable enough? Probably. I do love guns. Mm -hmm. I do love going out and shooting. And to me, it's kind of a family get-together thing. And I am comfortable with guns. I know when the magazine, she had dropped one in the hall. I wondered why a teacher hadn't taken it then because she had unloaded. And to me, that's a perfect time to take it because there's no magazine in it. But I realize other teachers and people don't know that. And so it was, for me, it was comfortable to take it. 
I don't know how much ammunition she had. I do think it's interesting that she dropped the clip in the hall by my classroom. She had only shot um, those three kids, and then there were two bullet holes in the wall, one in the door that she had shot after my class, and it was on the right side, and then one in the hall that she had shot. That was the very first shot that we had heard. And so I know she only shot five, and then she dropped the magazine. So that was interesting to me. I don't know what the magazine held, um, but I thought there's got to be more than five in there. Mine holds more than five, and it was a similar size. But I know that when I got the gun, it still had bullets in it. It was heavy. Did you feel any different that day when you came to work? Was there (laughs) no no other different feeling? (laughs) Nope. It just all of a sudden, it it happened, and you were in the middle of a situation, and you acted and did what you had to do. And I think that saved probably some lives. I'm very grateful that it turned out as it did. Right. Of course, I wish nobody had ever gotten shot, but I'm very grateful that people were able to recover. So in the year since that happened, what's life been like for you? Um, I think it's a little different in the fact that you just don't know what's going to happen ever. And I've, I know there's been a lot of people that have struggled to get past this and move on. And, you know, whether they struggle to sleep or struggle with loud noises... And so I've tried to be a little nicer and, and more understanding to people and give a couple extra hugs to people and say, hey, it's a good day. You know, you can do whatever you want with today to the best of your possibilities. And we never know what's going to happen. So I just think you should enjoy every minute of what you have. Krista, if you have to speculate on perhaps some of the reasons why this little girl did what she did, what could you say? My understanding was that she was just upset with other kids at school, that she felt like she'd been bullied. And I had a few kids in class that said they'd tried to befriend her, but she was shut down and wouldn't respond to them. And I think she was just kind of done, is my opinion on that. I do think that something happened where she felt like she had just been harassed and bullied and she wanted to get back at some people for that. And so she made a list. What do you know about that list? All I know about the list is there was a number of boys that were in my class on the list. And so that was kind of another reason I was glad we got out of there because I had a picture in my head when the second and third shot went off of my kids being huddled in the corner in a lockdown and somebody coming in with a gun and there's no protection there. If somebody comes in and your kids are all huddled in a corner with 30 kids, they're going to shoot multiple kids easily. And that's the picture Also, that helped me say, we need to get out of here quickly. As soon as possible, just get out of here. Where'd that picture in your head come from? I I have no idea. (laughs) You've never been in that situation before. Nope. I don't know. That's just another moment when I felt the Lord's impression to get out now. I had just had that thought in my head, and I just thought, we need to get out of here now. I don't want to be a sitting duck waiting for someone to come and find us. And you had a door that exited out to the outside of the building. The door exited in the hallway, and then the hallway exited outside one classroom down. So I was one classroom from outside. I know that the little girl has a good family. I do think she's got a great mom and dad. I taught her sister in third hour, and she was a fantastic student, hardworking, always got her homework done, just a really good kid. I seen a picture of her and her little sister that was the shooter, and they were drinking out of a straw the same cup, and their eyes were just so bright and happy. 
And in that picture, you can see she loves her sister and that she was a happy little girl. And the parents showed me multiple pictures of her. And I know she was such a happy girl at one point. So it makes you wonder what did happen to change her to become so unhappy. And when you caught eye contact with her, she had her mask on, but you could see her eyes. Did she look like that happy little girl that you saw in those pictures? No, definitely not. Her eyes to me were like a wild animal, just kind of feral a little bit, just kind of crazy. And I could tell that she just didn't quite know what to do. If you had any advice to give to teachers, because it seems like in the day and age that we live in, in the world that we live in, this kind of thing is obviously a possibility because it just happened again. But what advice would you give to teachers who might be in a similar situation? Well, first of all, as a teacher, I think you need to slow down and get to know your kids. I think you need to pay attention to how they're feeling. I remember calling a parent a couple years ago and saying, your son just didn't seem right today. Is everything okay? And she said, wow, I'm surprised you noticed that because his best friend moved away. And I could feel that change in his personality. And I feel like as a teacher, you need to know them just like you know your own kids. If you feel an off day, call them out on it. Hey, I can tell you're not yourself today. What's going on? You know, and show them that you care enough to pay attention to who they are. I've had a few students that got in trouble for things. And I feel like the teachers didn't even know the kid well enough at the time to get mad at them over those things. In Vegas, I had one little girl that got her face cut from her dad at home. He had hit her because a teacher said she was disrespectful, and she was not disrespectful. She could not look you in the eye. She was very uncomfortable to look a teacher in the eye. And I had her for three years, so I knew her very well. And she was just in a different culture. And so to look an adult in the eye was disrespectful. So when her dad found out she's disrespectful, he beat her for that. And yet she was a very sweet, calm girl. And I was upset that the teacher didn't take a minute and say, why won't you look at me? What's going on? You know, instead of just jumping to the conclusion. And I feel like sometimes you get so caught up in your job and your life that you don't slow down to say, hey, what's going on with you? So that's what I think teachers need to do. So getting involved in an appropriate personal level enough to know your students so you know if they're hurting you know I think that's a wonderful idea how receptive is the school district I think there's a lot of teachers that do it and they're awesome good how does being involved with them on a personal level help in the classroom well I've had days when my kids don't want to work and I'll just say what's going on and they'll say I'm just off today I'm like okay how about three minutes go take a break get a drink, do what you need to do. And then I expect you to come back and work. And they'll usually be like, okay. And it just, to me, it works better than saying, hey, knock it off and get working when they're not in that mode to work. I think teachers should receive just so much recognition for the work they do. I remember as a sixth grader back in the early 70s, I went up to one of my teachers and I had a concern that I wanted to share with her. And it seems silly now, but the concern was, We were at recess, and she divided up the teams, and we played kickball. And my team was in the outfield, and the team that we were against was so good that we never got to kick. (laughs) So I said to my teacher, hey, Mrs. Olson was her name. I said, hey, listen, I, I just, I don't think that was fair. Our team didn't get to kick, and the bell rang now. And the only thing she did was slap me across the face. Wow. Yeah, and you don't see that today, obviously. 
But she slapped me across the face and said, you go get in line and don't ever talk back to me again. So I turned and walked home. While she was hollering after me to get back in line, I just went home. And I'll never forget that experience. So when I hear about teachers today that take an interest in their their students, I just applaud them for that. It's probably has a lot of benefits for that person, not just then, but later in their life when they learn to trust adults and they learn that they're important and what they have to say is important. So thank you for demonstrating that ability that you have. Well, I do think classrooms should be a safe place. And I've always wanted my classroom to be a place kids are comfortable to be. And I also feel like kids are humans, just like us. And you should respect them and let them talk and share their feelings and their opinions on things also. I still think they need to be respectful. And you need to teach them, that's not appropriate to say, how about you say it like this, Mm -hmm. and teach them how to communicate. And I did have a girl this year who asked me, how do I talk to my dad? because it's important to communicate. And so we tried to talk about how to talk to somebody. And to me, part of this whole mental health in our world is people don't know how to communicate. You know, if you have a problem, you should be able to go to your teacher and say, you know, I want to talk to you about this. I have a problem here. What can we do about it? And that to me is a huge key in being a happy person. Do you think more of that goes on in the schools, that teachers are trying to connect more with their students, or do you think that we need to do a better job? I think we need to teach kids how to talk. And part of that is getting rid of cell phones at school, but I don't know how that'll ever happen. You know, kids are so into their phones, and I just want to say, stop, put those down and talk to each other and laugh with each other, enjoy each other, ask about each other's day, you know, rather than just go to your cell phone. And put your head down in and and look at your social media. Yeah. Well, I think what you have to say is wonderful. That's such great advice to hear. I know on a personal note, uh, my granddaughter was in the school that day that that shooting happened. And so when I heard about it, of course, nobody knew much other than there's been shooting at the school. And so from a grandfather's point of view, um, we were devastated. We, were, we didn't know, just like parents didn't know. And uh, as the story started to unfold, and we heard that you had been uh, instrumental in disarming her, I was so grateful for you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Sorry to get emotional, but it's a... It is emotional. It is an emotional thing, isn't yes, it? Yes, very. And uh, what you did really was amazing. Well, I know I could not have done it without the Lord. (laughs) And I felt his spirit there incredibly. I mean, it was so strong and powerful. And I just knew that the Lord was there with me. And I thought, even if she shoots me, as long as I get the gun, I don't care. I just want to get the gun so that no other kids can get shot. (laughs) And I was just really grateful that the Lord helped me to do that. That's amazing, Krista. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And... uh... I know that through experiences like this, it shapes us, it helps us grow, it helps us learn. And I'm sure that that's what's been happening to you. You're probably a different person today than you were that day. I hope so. Hope (laughs) a little better. (laughs) Well, Well, thanks for taking the time to be with me today, Krista. Sure appreciate it. Well, thank you. To my listeners, as always, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. (laughs) Bye-bye.